Hey, this is Chad Haley with Kingdom Cashflow Club. And if you want to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy, you should be listening to Stories That Sell with my friend, Scott Ramage. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. The Ace for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-F-O-R gyms.com and book an appointment to find out more. In this episode of Stories That Sell, I sit down and chat with my good friend, Chad Haley. Chad's been an entrepreneur for over 20 years and has done everything from selling music for a rock band to running a marketing agency. He is currently involved and spending his time as a founding member of a startup called Stadium Drop, a mobile in-seat delivery app that allows you to order concessions from your seat and have it delivered while you stay in the moment. Really cool. Uh, Chad and I discussed things like uh, doing a gratitude walk how faith can uh, influence your health and success and the power of forgiveness. Chad, my friend, how's it going, man? It's so good, man. How are you? Doing well. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we've been talking about getting on a, on a show for a long time. We've known each other for years. So this is a great, a, a great day for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally excited. So I, I, I want to dive right into your story, but I want to, I, I want to fast forward <laughs> all that and really kind of just jump right into what's re- most recently happened in your life. Because quite honestly, I'm, I've asked a few questions, but I'm really, really interested. You got hit by COVID like to the max, and this is not going to be political folks. Don't worry. No. We're just going to talk about that experience because man, I, when, when you told me like, I'm, I've been in the hospital for X amount, I'm like, what? So Yeah. yeah. So how'd, how'd that come down? We, I mean, literally it was, it was, um, it was like dominoes falling in the house almost. My wife got it. Um, you know, she got sick and, and it's so vivid, the, the memories that you have of this all and how it all tracked out. We were literally hanging out at the pool, hanging out by the pool. And she's like, she's sitting on the float, just hanging. And she said, I don't feel well. And boom, I mean, it hit the next day. She was down for the count and she was out for a week and then, and then after a week, things just weren't getting better. So we said, okay, let's take you to the hospital. She spent five days in the hospital, oh, wow. had COVID and, uh, and a little bit of pneumonia in her lungs. 
um, that is really mild. Thankfully they got her on some stuff and she cleared up. So after five days, she's home again. She comes home on our anniversary. Wasn't that fun? That's how we spent our anniversary. Um, so great. I, I hear And, and so the day that we take her to the hospital was a Sunday and the day before was the day that I started feeling bad. And it was like, Oh goodness gracious. What are we going to do now? And and so that Sunday when we take her, I'm dying. And, and of course, because she's tested positive, they won't even let me go back with her. They're like, nope, we have to isolate her. She has to be all alone. And so, okay, that's fine. I've been around her for seven days, so I don't think it's really a matter, but whatever. Um, and so I came home and I'm laid up on the bed. And of course, the day that she comes home, I'm like, I want to do something nice for her coming home. And so we've got a friend that does the little yard signs, the little letters that they put yeah. in the yard, happy first day of school kind of stuff. And, um, and so I had some happy anniversary ones put in the yard for her. That was pretty fun. And then, uh, but I'm still down for the count. I'm laid up on the couch. I'm dying. And she is trying to take care of me. She's trying to feed me. I won't eat. I didn't eat for two weeks laid on the couch. I was like, I would not eat because um, oh. nothing sounded good. Nothing tasted good. It wasn't a, you know, they talk about your taste changing or losing your sense of taste. And it wasn't that it was just nothing sounded good or tasted good. So I don't know, like, it was just like, I remember her making me some soup one day and I had two or three bites and it was just like, no, nope, I don't want that. You know, I remember stopping for some tacos one day. <laughs> you always love tacos. tacos oh, yeah, You can't fun. not like tacos, <laughs> but the, even the tacos, it was like two bites. And I was like, okay, no, I'm good. Ooh. And so but that was, that was weird. So I basically didn't eat for two weeks. The COVID diet, however, does work 25 pounds, two weeks guaranteed. I don't know if it's guaranteed or not. So totally not worth it. <laughs> not worth it at all. I finally woke up one morning and, and I was like, I felt like I was carrying an elephant. You know, I went, I went gone to the restroom and was on my way back to, to the couch. And it just felt like I was carrying this elephant. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like someone was standing on my chest, hard to breathe. It was just like, I just felt like I ran 26 miles and my legs were on fire. And, and like, you have that burning when you get that deep breath in. And I was like, what is going on right now? And, and I looked at my wife and said, something's not okay. We end up going to the hospital. She takes me in. Um, they, uh, they immediately take me back. You know, we go to the emergency room cause it's a Sunday and yeah. they take me back and they take my oxygen levels. Well, my oxygen had tanked. It was at 54. Whoa. Yeah. And so that it, I mean, seriously. And the crazy thing uh, about it is that like people have been dying with their oxygen in the seventies. Yeah. And here, here I was at 54 and I just felt like I was carrying an elephant around, which to me, it was a testimony to my overall health, you know, yeah, right. just taking, you know, doing everything I can to take care of myself outside of, I don't eat the best. I'm not the best eater on the planet, but I, I do, I, I'm reasonable. I'm just not the best. <laughs> so, I only have one slice of pizza every day. It's all good. Um, but, <laughs> um, but so then, you know, they, they got me in and uh, a couple of really cool things happened as I was going in you know, I, I, I have strong faith in Jesus. And, and as I'm going in, I'm really like, it's not self-talk. It's, it's really just prayer. It's like, okay, Lord, what's going on right now? Kind of a thing. And, um, and God, you know, God just kept reassuring me, don't worry, you're going to be fine. And, and that was what I kept hearing over and over. Don't worry, you're going to be fine. So even when they told me your oxygen's at 54, cause the nurse was like, dude, you're blue. And I said, like a Smurf. And he goes, kind of. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, that, that doesn't sound good. And so 
so that was when they took my oxygen. He was like, all right, let's wheel you back here. And they got me hooked up to all the machines and, you know, the Darth Vader yeah. mask and everything. And, right. and, um, and lo and behold, after, you know, after less than an hour, my oxygen's back up to 98. Oh, nice. Um, and so, and so, and, and it wasn't stable for a couple of days. It was, they were still struggling to try to get it stabilized for a couple of days. So I was in ICU, um, but had incredible nurses where I was, they were both amazing. And then, um, and then, yeah, I spent two weeks in the hospital, uh, just recovering, letting my lungs recover. Cause for the most part, the, the, the COVID fever and, and chills and all that mess that had for the most part run its course by the time I got to the hospital, I think maybe I had a day or two more of that. Um, and then once they moved me into a kind of a, not, not a regular boring old room, but like a transitional room, once they moved me in there, um, it was just recovery time. And you know, the, the hardest part about that in, in and of itself is just, you know, like you, they won't let your family in. They won't let visitors come in. So the only people you're seeing are the people that want something from you. They want your blood. They want your snot. They want, you know, they want, they want your lot. They want to suck everything from you. They want to ask you a million questions. And uh, you know, they're like, they're like, does, does it hurt to breathe or is it hard to breathe? And I'm going, I don't know how to answer that. It doesn't hurt. It's not fun, but it doesn't hurt, you know? And so, but the whole time I knew that I knew that I knew that I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be just fine. And so that was my, you know, kind of my, my, my self-talk, if you will, that was, I just kept telling myself, I'm going to be just fine. And, you know, of course at nights I'm listening to worship music and, you know, and in, in the mornings when I wake up, cause they come in and they wake you up every morning at four 15, like clockwork to, to draw blood from you, no less. Oh. I'm going, do you have to do it at four? Like, wait till five 15, give me an extra hour. <laughs> wow. So it was quite the experience. And then as soon as I got home, um, as soon as I got home, we pretty much had to turn back around and go back a day or two later because, um, just like my lower legs from my knees down was killing me. It hurt to walk. And I was like, this is not okay. What in the world is happening? Well, we go back in, um, because we have a friend of ours, who's a doctor or who's a nurse. And she said, it sounds like you might have blood clots. Okay. So we go back in and they do a sonogram on my legs and lo and behold, Chad's got a, Chad's got a blood clot. So one of the lovely side effects of COVID, um, very joyful, very fun. They're not comfortable at all. Um, but, you know, they got me on some medication and I started taking some supplementation to help thin the blood out and, um, and, and get that whole thing. And, uh, and by the way, medications for uh, blood clots are not cheap. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Good uh, gravy. So, the, but that's, they got me cleared up, got me on medication. And so I've been home ever since I've been home now, right at, I think three weeks. Um, in fact, I think I took my, my medications all laid out by day. So I think day, today is day 21. So it's right at three weeks I've been home. Um, and, and man, it, like I feel great. They're still just not quite 100% lung capacity, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm able to at least go walking and, and where we live is pretty hilly. So that's a challenge in and of itself. So I got a mile in yesterday. I'll hopefully get a mile and a half in today and, and uh, we'll keep getting better. Yeah. That's insane. I feel really bad for telling people that like COVID knocked me out. It knocked me out for five days. Like I got it. And I was like, okay, this is the worst sinus infection. My nose, my, my throat was like, like I couldn't even touch. And it was just oh. horrible. And, and I get to the, the clinic and I'm like, you can't test me for COVID until you've done every other test. And they're like, <laughs> really? And I'm like, yep, nope. I, and I was so ornery, but I was like, like in a fetal position, like, and it hit me so 
bad. And I just felt so horrible, just massive aches and pains. I'm sure you went with through that the first five, six days. Yes. And, um, they're like, you, you don't have a sinus <laughs> infection. You don't have strap. Can we do, I'm like, yes. So they did it. Of course it was positive. Right. Um, still have antibodies in my blood. I get that checked quite frequently. Um, but, but yeah. And, but it took me, I think two months to stop having like a productive cough and to be able yeah. to breathe normally. Oh, too much. I, I'm glad I didn't get that. Like it's it's so weird. That's one of the things that I think is so fascinating about this is that it it seems to be almost unique to each person. Yeah. You know, like Kennelly's, you know, we got the same COVID. Obviously, we live in the yeah. same house, but her experience was so much less than mine. You know, and and like we, you know, we're trying to figure out like what was different, what could have possibly been different. And the only thing I could come up with was that maybe. I was a smoker a long time ago, but mm. I've been retired from smoking for 15, 20 years. So, um, Who knows? but that was the only thing I could, I could think of that, that might've been different was maybe I had, you know, just old war wounds. From <laughs> yeah. Well, and then there's the kids, my son, 16 got positive, tested positive, had like a day of cold symptoms. <laughs> my 15 year old was the same way. Yeah, it was, it's like, and, and lost his taste for three months. And it was oh, like, wow. Wow. what in the world? Uh, I, I lost it for like two days. I was, I was like my, my care physician, like gave me also, I guess he gave me ivermectin. I didn't know. I was uh -huh. so out of it. I was taking vitamins and all these things. And I got this, this whole cocktail and, um, I lost my, I only lost my, my, my smell and my taste for a day. And that was horrific, man. It's like horrible. I'm like, people yeah. told me it's not cool. <laughs> I'm like, whatever you don't want to eat. I'm like, no, it's worse. Maybe I lost mine for two weeks because the two weeks that I was in the hospital, that was the best food I'd ever eaten. <laughs> I think you did just maybe. A little <laughs> so maybe I lost my taste for two weeks, but it was like every meal was fantastic until the last one when I was leaving and I knew I was walking out the door. That last meal was the worst meal ever. <laughs> totally, totally different than the meal before lethal injection. <laughs> oh gosh. You know, it's right. That was not steak. That was, yeah, that was yeah. not prime rib. It That's was hilarious. Like, it was awful. So. so, so stories. So we kind of did the wrong way. I like we're up to time now, but let's go ahead. And well, first of all, I'm super happy you're feeling better. I, I, yes. I was really, I was worried about you. I was praying for you. I was I, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. You were texting and you sounded so upbeat. And then I'm like, wait a minute, he's not doing well. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's been, I think that's been one of the things that, and, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, there, keep but, going. Um, I think, I think that's been one of the things is, is, you know, I got on after I got home from the hospital, I, I just started thinking like, what has everyone experienced after COVID, you know? And, and I, so I got on a Facebook group that was like a COVID support group for those who've recovered, you know, those are in recovering. And there were three things that I noticed fear, anxiety, and dread. And dread is, is, is horrible because it's, it's like fear without hope. You know, you can have fear of a lot of things, but fear without hope, all of a sudden now there's there, you've got no hope. You're just doomsday. Everything is awful. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I can't even imagine having to go through that or having to be alone in a hospital in a hospital bed by yourself for an extended period of time, not knowing. I think that was part of the reason why I shared my story and what was going on on Facebook was because I wanted to be connected to people and wanted people to, you know, at least know what was going on. And, and, and I was so amazed at the outpouring of love. And I'll just tell if, if you and I are friends, or if you heard my story or know my story and you're watching right now, I just want you to know if you prayed for me at all, thank you, because I felt every prayer, like my body just recovered because of those prayers. I'm certain. 
So I, I kind of want to stay on this route for a minute. You kind of struck yeah. a note and I think there's a lot to learn. So this is definitely a story that can lead to a lot to learn. So we are all yeah, absolutely. Let's keep it going. Uh, so one thing that you said, you said this, this fear, dread, and anxiety. I don't remember the, the three terms you said for these people, but I've noticed my, my wife and I were actually in a conversation yesterday with somebody that we really respect, um, has a lot of life experience. And we know, knew that, uh, that, that COVID has kind of been a little overwhelming for the idea. He hasn't gotten sick. Um, there's some family members with, you know, immune suppression, which I, I get. But what we've noticed is some people are so entrenched in it that it's literally changing, like, the way that they are. It's literally changing the way that they're, they're, their outlook and the day is, how they're interacting with other people. That you can see this sense of, like, a cloud over them. And um, – I think even people with a really strong faith and, and I want to, I want to approach this from a faith. I don't want to turn anybody off, but you know, Chad You're and I right. are Christians and I, but I believe that faith is one of those things that is so much greater power in success and um, getting through tough times. It's such a, it's such an amazing strength. Yes. Um, so, so in this group, it's just, people are, worried they're scared yes yeah and it, it was it was this overwhelming and some people were very you know there there were some upbeat people uplifting people there but the i think the overall there's just like i think you said it right there's just this cloud over the group you know and and like this this thunderstorm building you know and and it it, it was awful because i wanted to be encouraging you know, and so many of those people, I'd say something about God in the group and, oh, yes, amen, brother. And, you know, and so you'd get all the all the affirmations from what you were saying. But I, I kept asking myself, do these people really believe that? Do they really believe that the best is yet to come? You know, do they really believe that there's a greater day tomorrow than today? You know, even if you're in more pain tomorrow than you were today, there is still greater to come tomorrow. You know, we've got to have that hope that that's something to look forward to. And that was when I went into the hospital, that was what God instilled in me was, Hey, you're going to be fine. You know? And, and I just like, I know that I know that I know that I have three champion boys at home, you know, they're 16 and, and seven and, and, and 16 and 10 and seven. And I know that I know that I know that I'm going to get to raise them to adulthood, you know? So the last one may turn 18 and I may get hit by a bus that day. I don't know, but you know, but I know that, that that's something that, that, that God has, you know, kind of made a promise to me about that. And, and so, um, you know, and that's a personal thing. And, and some people may think I'm loony for thinking that, but this is just what I know. And I believe it with all of my heart. And to see that, I think that gives me that long-term hope of knowing that I'm going to get through this, even with some of those, you know, people talk about the long-term effects of COVID and what it can do to you. And, you know, for the long-term and hearing stories about it and going, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine that happening to me. Right. But that's, that's the thing my mind can't imagine that happening to me. So here I am three weeks post and, and like, I'm ready to start working out. I'll probably start. I mean, I'm walking like crazy right now. I'll probably start working out and lifting heavy things next week. Right. Just Cause I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, <clears throat> something that really resonated with me before you were listening, you, you mentioned you were listening to another podcast. I did and something spoke to you. It was a lot about self-talk. Yes. And when you were telling your story about getting into the going into there, you, you know, you, you, you were, 
you you called it prayer. Some people would refer to that as their their own self talk. Like I am yeah. like and 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 so like bringing it to that. There is so much power in having faith and speaking in a positive um, and having that like your brain and your healing ability. And even if you don't believe in God, all of those things are so much more elevated, whether you believe in God or not, actually, all those things are so much more elevated when, when you're feeding yourself the right thing and you actually believe it. All right. We're back after the, uh, the dog copalypse apocalypse, (laughs) the dog debacle, maybe. Hey, funny, funny sideways. I mean, it's the most common interruption of podcasts are dogs. They start getting into it and it's just yeah. hilarious. I'm like, Hey, I have a dog. I get it. I don't right. know. Yeah. Whatever. People so have, we have dogs. We have three sheepadoodles. They're, they're big sheepdogs, sheepdog poodle mixes, and they're beautiful. <laughs> they're awesome. They're great dogs, but we now have, we now have two males and, uh, and one of them's fixed and the other is not. And the <laughs> one that's, that's fixed has been here the longest. The one that's not is the new kid on the block. And, and he's trying to show some muscle. And so they get, most of the time they're pretty chill, but when they start getting rowdy, it's like, Oh, and so I could hear them. They were getting louder and louder. And yeah. I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta fix this. <laughs> right. So I, 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 back to the conversation, this, this self-talk, this, what story are you telling in your head? Like, I don't fear COVID. I got it bad. I don't, because I don't believe because I don't believe in it. Right. I know it's real. Like, I mean, it's, we've experienced yeah, it. But it's, but it's more of like, Hey, look, if I thought this way, and this is not an argument, this is not, this is not political, but if I thought this way about driving, if I actually looked at the statistics of my risk of getting in an accident and getting injured between here and there, and I worried about that, the way, the way people are worrying about COVID, like life would suck. Oh my gosh. It's, it would be horrible, but I think that's how people are operating right now. Right. Well, and you know, it's, it's funny. Cause I was, t- I told a story. Um, I had, a, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine while I was in the hospital and they were asking, you know, just a lot of questions about how are you feeling? How's your heart right now? How's your head right now? What, you know? And I said, I, I said, there was, there was a moment in time and you, you know, and I, I don't know, you know, and, and again, if you're a person of faith, you you've probably gone through a progression. And even if you're not, you may have gone through a progression where you, kind of came to grips with with some things in your past and you've released those things maybe you've you've gone through some forgiveness exercises um you know but re- but really just getting through some challenges and i had a a situation that happened when i was um when i was 15 years old i was walking over to a friend's house on a friday night and and lo and behold i'm i'm listening to my sony walkman that'll age me a few minutes um <laughs> and a tape deck no less not the cd player and um and, and so, and, and lo and behold, some guy jumps off a bicycle and, and sticks a gun in my face. And, you know, in that moment at, at 15, your whole life flashes before your face, um, before your eyes, but, but the fear that came on me because of that one moment caused a chain reaction of fear that lasted until probably about two years ago, maybe three. And well, I say three, I think it's probably been closer to four years now. Um, and literally it was, it was the craziest thing. I was in church one day, we're listening to the pastor preach, you know, and he said something that really resonated. And this could be, you could be at a leadership conference, you right. could be, you know, anywhere, but, and just some, they'll say something that'll just resonate to your core. And he said something and he was talking about something specific and whatever he said triggered a memory. And that memory took me back to staring down the barrel of that gun. And mm. I, 
And, and I realized in that moment that I had never walked through a forgiveness, anything through forgiveness with that, the guy, you know, and people, people think, oh, well, you've got to be able to look the person in the eye, you know, to forgive them. No, 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 you don't. You simply have to decide that I'm forgiving this person. And so what I did was I got home that afternoon and, and just got quiet. You know, you know, we all have the prayer closet. I just found a quiet room in the house and sat down, closed my eyes and meditated and went back to that moment, you know, and, and rather than being just stricken with fear and paralyzed with fear, I looked at him and I said, I forgive you. And I, oh man, the weight of the world came off my shoulders in that moment. And, and, and ever since then, you know, there were a ton of fears that had, that had built themselves up over time that were now gone. And, um, and so I was able to, you know, I, now I can think with clarity. Um, I, I don't, there's not, there's not apprehension about doing hard things or specific things that I didn't want to do before. You know, it's just like all of a sudden, all this fear was gone just from that one moment of forgiveness, you know, and I, I think that there's a lot of people that, you know, and I'm hoping if you're one of those people that, that maybe that's something that you need to go through, um, you know, cause it really is, it's, it's one of the most powerful things that you can do to come to a place of complete forgiveness, because at the end of all unforgiveness is the most beautiful peace you'll ever experience. And so that's really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Uh, I went through a coaching program last year. Yeah. And we, um, the, the whole thing, it's, it's kind of an NLP neuro link, neuro, what is it? Neuro linguistic programming. Okay. And it was pretty, pretty intense, but it wasn't, um, exactly in NLP, but it's based on that kind of thought process. And it's, there's so many ways that your, your brain functions and processes things. And what we did was we would, uh, go back with the, with the, the coach and he's like, okay, let's think back. And he, and we talk about, Things is crazy how, okay, let's talk about something that sticks out in your mind about elementary and boom, this story comes out like, I'm like, I, I don't ever process that one. Right. Then right. middle school and then another middle school. And you're just telling these stories and, the, and, and instead of telling them, you're actually writing them down. He's just watching you write them down on a dual doc. So he's watching it and you're right. You, you're, you're, you're forced to write the story. So like after five stories, we go through this process and you read it like five different ways, each story. Like you read it out loud five different ways. By the time you're done with that, then we take the, the language. We're talking about language. Take the language yeah. and change the wording around. And all of a sudden, you see like that thing is holding me captive because of the way I tell the story. Huh. And I'm like, whoa, because then we start changing the words. And all of a sudden, it's like, holy cow, I gave that person complete power over me in seventh grade, that teacher that was horrible, I gave her complete power. And now I can see I'm connecting all the dots of how that has formed relationships, how I did in school, how oh, wow. I rela we related with other people. And like, it's not magical. It's not mystical. It's literally just going in and looking at the truth, forgiving yourself or that person and right. letting it go because the story that was formed, the story that was formed in your head was it was probably totally screwed up right <laughs> right we said we have this own our own lens and i mean you just telling your story about having the gun to your head i had i walked in on a on a home burglary uh, and they were working at getting into my gun safe and i had my two little kids my kids found one of the guys the burglars in the closet 
Oh, wow. And the guy pushed me to get out of the house. He ended up in prison. But like, you, you know, all of a sudden, these things you're staring, there's just like fires, I firing all these memories. And it's really cool because now I know I got to go walk past and walk through those again to make sure yeah. that I'm clear of that junk. Because another one came up when I was training for soccer. Um, I was out with a friend running, no shirt. We were in really great shape. We were training. We were hardcore. And this truck almost ran us over full of guys drunk in the back of it. And, um, I'm sure I made some unsightly gesture or made a comment and I'm running. And the next thing I hear my friend say is like, run. And I'm like, we are, you know, I'm like, whatever. And I was, somebody came up behind me and hit me, he had a cast on, hit me, knocked me out. And that crew of guys came around and just beat the crap out of me. Oh my like gosh. I was, I was, um, unconscious and, you know, obviously got taken to the hospital, but like, boom, boom, all these memories come up. But what the, what the whole point is here is that we all had these things happen to us. Right. will at some way form um, patterns and usually bad habits or bad stories or ways that we process things that are not helpful to us. Right. And I think it's so important to understand the power of those stories in the lives of people who are entrepreneurs like you and me. Yeah. are chasing something like, look, let's bring this back around. If we were full of fear and if we let fear um, rule us, we will not be successful. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's funny as, as you're talking and as I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, I keep thinking back in my mind that, that you know, and, and, and it's walking through this process, whether it's whether it's going back and doing what you did, or you're, you're telling yourself the story and kind of taking through that process or even what I did, you know, it's, it's amazing. But both of those things are, it's, it's this, it's the same vein. And it reminds me of my favorite author is Andy Andrews, hands down. It's awesome. Yeah. And I, I love him and, 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 you know, got to meet him and hang out with him on a personal level at one point in time, which is super cool. But, you know, Andy has talked about and written about his seven decisions for determining personal success. Yep. And, and the one that has always been the loudest in my mind is the first decision, the buck stops here, you know, <laughs> and, and it's really, and, and it's not that the others aren't important. I still see huge importance in the others and I use the others on a daily basis, but that one is such a great reminder to me that I am responsible. I am fully and completely responsible for everything that's happened up to this point and for everything that will happen beyond this point, you know, and it, it, it's so empowering to realize that if I'm stuck somewhere, then, then I, I can also get unstuck, yeah. you know, and, and it may, I may need some help. I may need a friend. I may need a coach. I may need a, a teacher, a leader, a pastor, somebody to, to jar my memory or to, you know, to, to help bring back that, that thing that, oh, I've been stuck in that area. I, I want to be unstuck, you know, but it's, we, we, when we take responsibility, those responsibilities that we take end up turning into actions to help us move forward. And, and I just think that's the coolest thing. It is. It is. So I've, I totally kind of like side <laughs> hijacked the original plan here. I totally, <laughs> I think we've had some fun. I'm having a blast. Of course. This is awesome. Know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I hope our listeners are okay with the format. I think you should be because yeah. I think there's so many lessons in this for anybody who's trying to just better themselves or be, build a team or create a, um, a legacy through their business, whatever the case. So, uh, Let's, let's go, let's, let's, let's rewind a little bit. 
like you just told a story. How old were you when you had the gun to your face? That was 15. 15. Uh-huh. What, what are, what's a net? Let's, let's just rewind and let's talk a real quick. Let's do a real quick story of, of Chad Haley. So I, um, th- that, I mean, really that was, it, it was amazing what a pivotal time that was in my life. I, I had, um, I, I'd started playing music when I was 11, fell in love with it, played trumpet. And, um, and, and that music was the driver of my life for a long time. Uh, played trumpet all throughout high school and college, uh, got to college and had some buddies that were in a band that I would go support all the time. I go see them live anytime they'd play. Well, their bass player just up and quit. So they call me and say, Hey, we need a bass player. And I said, okay, well, I'll find you one. And they said, no, 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 we want you <laughs> guys. I play trumpet. I don't know what a bass guitar can do, <laughs> so, but lo and behold, I start playing bass guitar and then rock and roll becomes, yeah, dude, this is awesome. And so we were, we had a great time for about five years, um, played a bunch, made a couple of albums, uh, toured around, um, you know, did the whole nine and literally at the end of my tenure there, um, it, it came to an abrupt end when I was 25, almost 26 years old. It was, uh, it was 2002 was when this happened. And, um, and two very pivotal moments happened literally within 90 days of one another in January of 2002. Um, you know, and that was, there was, you actually asked about a couple of moments. And, and so this is one of them, but January of 2002, we as a band get to sit down uh, with a guy that is going to, that's going to give us some, some wisdom. And we, when we sat down with him, you know, he was kind of gruff looking old dude, 65, 70 years old. And, uh, you know, and he said, he said, I got two things to tell you. Um, he said, number one is if you got anything better to do right now, than sit here and listen to this old man, then you need to go do it. Cause you're not cut out for this business. Awesome. Dude, <laughs> talk about getting punched in the face. Yeah. Um, and so, and he said, all right, well, the fact that you're still sitting here tells me that you're ready for number two. And, and he said, and, and I, I, I feel like I'm quoting him verbatim with what he said. He said, I'm going to tell you this. The only thing, the only way that you're going to get everything you want in your life is to help as many people as you can get what they want. And in January of 2002, a young rock star that thinks he owns the world. I heard that and it shook me to my core and it changed my paradigm because from that moment forward, everything I did, I thought, how can I help people? How am I helping people with music? you know, cause that was my livelihood at the time. And, but it drove everything that I did. And lo and behold, a few, you know, literally like a month later, um, a month later, I, well, I guess about two months later, I get introduced to Jesus, um, by someone who was genuinely in love with Jesus. And, um, and I'd been introduced to him before and it was sort of a, hi, how you doing? I don't really want to talk to you cause you're going to judge me for everything I ever did bad. Um, <laughs> And so that was just how I felt. And so, and, but when I met someone who was genuinely in love with him, all of a sudden I saw something I'd never seen before. And, um, and it made me fall in love too. And so, and so I started a love relationship with Jesus and we became great friends. And, and that's like those two moments, that moment of hearing him say, the only way to get everything you want in life uh, is to help as many people as you can get what they want, which I didn't know was a Zig Ziglar quote, but that, no, that's where it comes from now. Yeah. Um, but then, but then that starting that relationship with Jesus, those two things changed everything, you know, they changed the trajectory of my life. And, and even though like I can look down the road, that's 2002, I ended up marrying the girl that introduced me to Jesus, by the way, she's pretty cool. Um, and so that's a whole nother story altogether. And we'll get into that another day. But, um, but 
even through getting married, you know, getting married and, and going through the, all the challenges that you go through in the beginning of a marriage where you're trying to get to know one another. And, you know, and sometimes getting to know one another creates division. We don't realize it does, but it can. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, little things, and it's just those little things begin to add up over time. And we found ourselves in 2008, we moved back, we, we moved to Japan, we moved home. Uh, so we're back home again in Texas, but we are drifting apart, you know, and, and we end up, we end up getting introduced um, by a friend to a company that, that had great nutritional products, you know, it gave us energy and we were like, yeah, we're on top of the world. And so, right, right. um, you know, and, and so we were, we were fired up about that. Um, but what really happened was my wife started really getting excited about what we, what she was learning and, and, and what the products were doing. Cause she's a coach and a teacher. And so it, this stuff helps teachers and coaches and, and, um, and, but she went to a conference and came back and had this book. And I remember finding this book on the nightstand and I kind of picked it up and was like, what in the world is this? And I, I opened it and started reading it. And the book is called The Energy Bus and it's by John Gordon. Ah, what am I? And, and our, because our marriage had kind of started drifting apart, we weren't to the point where we were thinking or even talking about divorce. That wasn't even a consideration, but it was very evident that she was living her life and I was living mine. And, and you know, our, our son was just stuck somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, and, and we were roommates, I think really more than anything else. And, and I, I read that book and, and I started remembering, and I was reminded about gratitude and, um, and started really doing exactly what the book explained, which was taking a, a gratitude walk every single day. Um, and I do it on my lunchtime because it usually takes me 10 minutes to eat lunch. And then I go for a gratitude walk at lunch, um, and, and just start reminding myself what I was thankful for. And that launched me. That, that between that and, and, you know, and just a couple other things that just really launched me into believing in myself enough to go, I think I could be an entrepreneur rather than being an employee. Not that there's anything wrong with being an employee, but it just didn't suit me. It didn't fit me. My heart was being squished every single day. And, you know, and I didn't feel like I was serving people, but I could see an opportunity where I could have served more people in, in this entrepreneurial realm. And so I ended up taking that route. And of course that's what, 10 years ago now, 15 or, you know, 11 years ago now. And so we've been on this incredible journey ever since then. And, um, you know, and it led me to, I think that's what, you know, once you start an entrepreneurial journey, you, you really do dig in your, your mind begins to open up. And, um, and I think that that's what, you know, one of the things that it's almost a byproduct of, you know, I'm a financial coach. And so I coach people on how to overcome debt. I'm not going to say eliminate. I'm going to use the word overcome because debt is, is, is a mindset. It's a mindset about money. And, and so, and when we can overcome that, all of a sudden you're free, your mind is free to move about the country. Um, you know, but it's, you're free to move about and really dream again and start thinking about bigger picture things. And, and I found myself having big picture ideas you know, and talking to people about big picture ideas. It's, it's, and, and so when I did, you know, I end up talking to a guy that, that's just launching an Airbnb business. Well, I start looking into it and going, oh my gosh, I could totally do this. Yep. You know, we've got the capital, we've got, you know, we've got the, the capability. I was like, for the direction that I wanted to go, I was like, I need a really good closer, a really good, a guy that just knows how to get the sale. And, uh, and I had a great buddy of mine and I called him and, um, that phone call ended up turning into the launch 
of our startup, which is called Stadium Drop. So I call him about an Airbnb business. We finished the call with plans to launch a business in the mobile app space. And so that's it was cr the craziest, coolest conversation that ended up happening there. But, um, but yeah, it, so now here we have this, we have this stadium drop, we're 18 months in and, and, um, you know, and that's, we hadn't even talked about that yet, but that's, it's, it's been, that's been a crazy journey. I want to talk about that. I do a little bit. I, yeah. I this, this thing launches in the midst of COVID when it oh is gosh. a group event product, but yes. before that, so a very similar story. And, and here's, here's where I'm going to kind of draw the line. Like you and I both know that your, your exposure to personal growth, the energy bus, all these things was through an MLM. And absolutely. And so like, I like, listen, if you're a listener, you're like, Oh my gosh, one of those things again, all I want to tell you is stop and just listen to what Chad just said. And then listen to what I'm about to say in 2012, well, 2011, I got involved in the same company. Mm -hmm. My wife went to a, an event, came home. She sent me pictures. She's like, you have to research this guy. She's like, and I'm like, whatever, like, like whatever. Right. And it was Andy Andrews. He was presenting and you had mentioned nice. Andy Andrews earlier. And so I picked up, um, the noticer, I picked up the noticer, <sighs> a book by him. And I, I, I read it and I listened to the audio book and I listened to the audio again and I listened to the audio again and I listened to the audio again. And then I got into the seven decisions that I got, got into the, the, you know, the traveler's gift. And my whole point is, is if it's a good company that promotes leadership, you can't, it doesn't matter what they're, what they're selling, what the person is doing. I don't care what you think about it, but that was a point in my life where actually all the pivots started to, everything started to pivot, where I actually started to learn about the way that I operated and how it was pretty toxic to my family, pretty toxic to my friends. That was the catalyst for personal growth. And it sounds the same for you. So I just kind of wanted to say, Hey, look, I don't care what you think about MLMs. It doesn't matter for me. It was life changing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. It, it's been, that was reading the energy bus was, that was a turning point in life, you know, and it, it just steered my boat back onto the, onto the right shipping lane, you know, and, and, and it allowed me to start focusing because I did the same thing. Like I read the energy bus and then I picked up the noticer and then the traveler's gift and then, you know, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And then, and it was just, you know, and now I look and I'm going the, this little selection of books back here is these are just my favorites, yep. you know, but I've got another library right here that you can't see. Yeah. Right. I've got another library that you can't see right here with 150 to 200 more books that I've devoured, right. you know, and, and, and I was the guy that graduated college and said, thank God, I'll never read, never read a book, book ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I, I did not know this about you because I list, I read the, the energy bus and I loved it, but I did not pick up the gratitude walk. I just didn't like, it didn't work. Yeah. A couple of years ago, Kim was like, I'm listening to John's Gordon, um, positive view. And that's his podcast. Yeah. And he told, he was talking about this, this thing. I think he calls it a thankful walk. I don't remember what he calls yeah, it. Yeah. Something like that. I couldn't remember exactly what it was. And, um, I've been doing it for two years now. I've made it. I, I every day it's 15 minutes. It's the first 15 minutes of my walk, and it's I do it out loud, <laughs> like so people right. think I'm crazy. I'm walking, sure. walking my dog, and I go through all these things. Can there not be a more powerful way to start your day? I mean, it's it's, it's incredible. 
Yeah. I, I mean, it's absolutely, it's absolutely incredible because you're, you know, and I love John's, John's verbiage is, is fuel your life with positivity, mm-hmm. you know, and, and one of my, you know, for those of you that know what strength finders is one of my top five strengths is positivity. And so, and so I'm already there, but then I have this, I have belief as well. And so that the two of those together, they, they mix up and, and it just gets rowdy, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, and, and really to set your heart, you set your heart and mind at a, at, where they're at a level playing field where now I am thankful and, and, and I don't have to like, I, there's nothing I'm stressed about. I'm not worried. You know, it, it allows those things to melt off of you because you're just thankful. I'm thankful for the clothes on my back. I'm thankful. Like I would always look down at my feet and go, I'm thankful that I have 10 toes and and feet that work normally, you know, I, yeah. my knees don't hurt when I walk. And <laughs> it's incredible that process. I mean, it was hard for me to do two minutes at first and then right. five minutes and my mind would wander. And now it's like hard for me to shut it off at 15 minutes. Yes. And, um, and I will be, it doesn't matter how I wake up. Cause if anybody's like me, especially in the entrepreneurial world, you, I, I think I say this in the intro of the podcast, maybe not, but it is one of the most exhilarating, exciting journeys, but can be an, immensely lonely ride. And it doesn't matter how I wake up anymore because I get, once I get out the door and I've completed that, I am, I am completely leveled in the way I say it is, is either command your day or your day commands me. And that's the way I command my day among some other regular practices. So I'm really glad to hear that that's something because I'm not inherently positive like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's funny because even, you know, even somebody who, who that that's my strength, I can still struggle in that area too. So, yeah. 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 So, uh, man, I mean, you, you kind of did a natural pivot for me. I really like to talk about the things that have made a real impact in your own success. I do want to talk a little bit more about stadium drop, but first I want to ask you a few questions. Okay. Um, so you've talked about reading books, you talked uh-huh. about audio books. When it's time to learn right now, what is your favorite source? Uh, is it podcasts, audio books, reading? Yeah, you know, it's it's probably, um, I would say podcasts and reading kind of go hand in hand at the top of that list. Yeah. Um, uh, I enjoy both. Uh, you know, I, lo- I love listening to people talk. And so, uh, um, especially with audio books, I love hearing you read your own book. If you wrote the book, I want to hear you read it. I know, me too. Um, me too. Yeah. And so unless you're Stephen Furtick, Stephen, get exciting on your books, man. Come on. <laughs> um, he's so exciting when you go see him live or when you go to his church or when you watch him on, on YouTube. But when he reads a book, it's very straight laced. Uh, I was like, wow, that's not what I expected. So it's but anyway, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah. And so, yeah, those I think podcasts and, and I, you know, a lot of times when I'm reading when I'm listening to a podcast, I'll, I'll listen, you know, with, with subject matter that I'm really focused on right now. So, you know, if I'm trying to, you know, like real estate is something that, that I'm, I'm really getting into right now. And so I'm listening to uh, bigger pockets and I'm listening to, you know, the, the first, I think something about first time, uh, first time flipper or something like that for beginners that are just getting out there. So I'm listening to things like that. Um, But I'm also listening to financial, uh, financial podcasts, you know, and, and just trying to understand better, um, how are people, how do people feel in their, in their world about finances, since that's a big part of what I do. Um, and so a lot of times I'm spending my time there books, books wise, personal development, leadership, that's where I'm spending my time in books. Um, I'm trying to stretch out a little bit more and read some fiction, you know, which is hard to do because I've I'm done just- it. I've, I've made the pivot over the last few years. I kind of, it's kind of like, I'm going to do two or three a year 
Yeah. What I'm going to do. And it, what it does, what I've learned, and I would highly encourage it, is it releases your brain from all of the entrepreneurial nonstop um, <laughs> building things in your head and like, ooh, uh, real estate. Like right. it, it, it's, it's literally one of the only ways that I can actually decompress. And I've read some really cool ones. You know, I love the, the, uh, the ones by uh, Navy seals or yes. you know, some uh, David Goggins, even though that one was kind of a, a motivational, like, but it was still a story and I, those are really refreshing. So I, I good plan, really good. Yeah. Plan. Yeah. I, and I think that's one of the reasons I've always loved Andy Andrews and John Gordon, because they're Story able talents. to take personal development and story and mix them together. Yeah. You know, and so and so I, I, I think that's something that's been really enjoyable. But I go but I, at the same time, like I remember back to being a kid and you may, maybe you read these, Scott, because I know you and I are pretty close to the same age. Maybe you read. Do you remember the Choose Your Own Adventure books? Oh, heck yeah. Dude, that's that was my shortcut in school. <laughs> those those were totally my jam i think i had the first 50 um you know the 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 series of the first 50 books and i just loved them i loved that that you could read the same book five times and get five different outcomes yeah you know and and it was like it was i so i just loved it but i i you know you find yourself consumed by the story and and i think that's one of the things about fiction that i've missed is that Nowadays, we, you know, we hear about a fantastic book and we're like, oh, I'll wait for the movie to come out because I don't want to work to expand my mind to create the story in my mind. Yeah. You know, to see myself as one of the characters instead, you know, instead of instead of just going, oh, well, look, there's Luke Skywalker. No, read the epic story, you know, and so I like I want to get back to that again. It's, it's almost childlike wonder that it creates. Yes. It is. And and when you're in when you're in a state of childlike wonder, guess what also comes creative ideas. And so, yeah, you know, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up because uh, I went on vacation. I went to Costa Rica with my wife and um, in in July, and uh, I actually had a book that a podcast guest of mine had written and it was pre-released. No one has read it. It's for his family. So I was engrossed with that. But now I'm thinking, man, man, I wish I would have finished it. It was such a good book, by the way. Uh, Finding Rest by, by John Seidel, such a good book. But, um, but I wish I would have finished it before so I could have just dove into something like non-work related, right? Right. So um, yeah, now you got me all jacked up about that. I'm going to be, gonna be look, searching Amazon for the next thing. I know, I'm right? What's the next big book? <laughs> So you talked about gratitude, your gratitude walk. Um, what's another like practice daily or very, very, very um, frequent practice that you do to keep your yourself in check and help you, you know, perform to the level you need to perform? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think one of the, one of the, the strangest ones, and, it, and it's, you know, we learned it, we, we both learned this from from a mentor is, uh, is make your bed every morning. Yep. You know, and, and it just, it's one of those things that, that it does so many things when you do it. Number one, you've accomplished something the minute you get out of bed, you know, because not every morning is a great morning to get out of bed. Some mornings you just want to pull the covers over your head and say, give me another hour, let me sleep, you know, but, mm -hmm. but it, it's that getting up. And, and what I find is, especially with our bed, I don't know what, I don't know if everyone goes through this, but our bed, I have to walk around it like 57 times oh, to get the darn bed made. That's called a wife. <laughs> yes. Cause we have 422 pillows and they must be placed precisely. Oh, there's the order and they go about eight feet tall and about six feet out. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. Wives. We love you. Less pillows. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, yeah. And, and part of the reason that, that we make the bed is, is just to get all the pillows off the floor. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> you know, but it's, it, it's, it's once I've done that, I've created, you know, I've like started a ton of blood flow because I've walked around the bed 54 times. And so, and so, and that begins to wake my mind up, you know, and, and once my, my mind is awake and it's alert, well, then all of a sudden I go, okay, you know, now I can start ordering my day. And I've already, you know, typically I'm the night before I'm, I grab my phone and get in my reminders and I'll set four or five things. I need to accomplish these four or five things tomorrow. They're usually pretty small um, or a little mundane tasks that I've got to do. Um, you know, but now my mind is alert. So it's like, okay, what's next? And it just, it just starts this, this avalanche of, of productivity for me, you know, and, and there's a couple other things I do, you know, exercise. I think exercise is, is ridiculously important. Of course, you know, here I am, you know, post COVID and still struggling, you know, getting the lung capacity back up to normal again. So um, I said that would be the other one, just move, you know, find 15 minutes in your day and move and don't just, don't just like go for a leisurely stroll move. You know, I don't care if you do burpees for 15 minutes, you'll die, but you know, do something to move. And, you know, and that's, that's something that I learned was just get your heart rate up for 15 or 20 minutes every day. And, and it's amazing what that does for your health. It's amazing what it does for your mind. Um, you know, and it's amazing what it does for your focus. We wonder why kids are so unfocused these days. Well, it's because they're sitting there playing their phones, you know, they're playing Fortnite, they're doing all this stuff. And none of those things are bad. Don't get me wrong. It's, you know, I play a game on my phone every once in a blue moon and, you know, and, and I love to sit down and play Xbox with the kids every once in a while, but it's, it's the consumption of it. It's, it's how much are you consuming? I know my boys, we don't turn the TV on much at all in the house because when we do, I mean, like my little guys, they just turn comatose Yep. and, and like, you can't talk to them. They don't hear you. That's like, you know, into the TV. And so we're like, let's just not turn the TV on. Let's go out and let's ride our hoverboards. Let's go throw the football. Let's go do something. Yeah, that's, that's how you raise future workhorses. Yeah. Well, and you know, living, we live on, you know, we live on 10 acres now. And oh, so, and killer. so yard work is arduous around. <laughs> it's a full-time job. They're like, are we doing yard work again today? Well, not today, but tomorrow. <laughs> you, uh, there's, there's two tangents I want to go on. If, if I can remember them. Number one, um, my son was kind of getting into the PlayStation thing. And I understood COVID was brutal. Like no yes. kids were allowed to come out and I would go, he would go with walks with me on walks and we were doing all sorts of family things. But one thing that I did, I, I was talking to my ex-employer and he's like, man, I got a VR. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're such a nerd. And he starts going off about it. And it like, this is like an hour conversation, but by the end it's like, huh? So I just like, I'm like, Hey, to my youngest, Hey, you're playing a little more PS4 than I want. I know we talked about VR before and you kind of think it's dumb. Let's just go buy an Oculus. So I went and bought him an Oculus. I'm like, and he, okay. and he said it was kind of dumb. And then when, as soon as I said, Hey, you want to, you want to, let's give it a whirl. And his eyes went like this. And he was in the car with me within seconds. And we, we went and got him an Oculus and I don't do this. This is one thing I learned growing up is my parents, it was tight. But yeah. was just one time when I was like, just so into BMX biking and my dad just took me and didn't tell me what we we're doing. We showed up bike shop. He bought me uh, the hottest new mongoose California model, dude. Uh, you know, and then I was the bee's knees, but so I'm like, this is a fun activity. This is where we don't spoil them. We don't do, do crazy stuff for them. I'm going to go drop 450 bucks. We go buy it. We get home. We're looking, he's getting all the cool games, but guess what he landed on is the free gorilla tag. And I'm telling you guys this parenting hack 
if your parent, if you, if you, if you just need to have your kids, like there's indoor things they've got to do. You're right. My son will be upstairs. He's 13. And he'll be doing that. And he, he will come downstairs after an hour and he is soaked to the bone. He is sweat from top to bottom. Like, I'm like, you just worked out hard. He's like swinging and jumping around and it's insane, dude. So anyway, total tangent, total tangent. But I I love it though. Cause it's funny that you said that. Cause like my little guys, my little guys, we had somebody give us a wee, you know, and I loved the wee, the wee was awesome, but they're old now. So they don't really work as, so it kind of, it kind of started losing life in it. And so they put a game in and it did start up and then it'd screw up halfway through a Mario Kart race or whatever. And, and so I thought, okay, well, let's start. I, I did some exploration on the, the switch and, um, you know, and, and maybe the switch is very similar and it is, it's, it's, it's still a lot of the physical movement that can be done. I don't know that it's quite to the extent that we was, but, um, but we got one of those and it was the same kind of thing where we just surprised him. We we're like, we're going to go to Arlington. And cause I couldn't find one in a store anywhere. Oh gosh. Like, yeah. It was, you know, and so, and you try to search online and they're like $800 to buy one <laughs> online somewhere. And so I was like, forget that COVID I find one in the best buy in Arlington, Texas. And so we drive an hour to get over there and, uh, and go pick it up. We don't tell them what we're doing or, or what's happened. And then all of a sudden we get home and we get back in and, you know, we had dinner with grandma and, and all that when we were in Arlington, we get home. And we unleash this thing and they're like, oh my gosh. And I mean, we've had a ball with it. I oh, mean, yeah. oh yeah. Playing just dance and, you know, cause that's my wife's favorite game and of course, you know, just Mario Kart. And I mean, just, it's so much fun, but it is, it, it causes you to move, you know? And, yeah. and, and it's, I don't know if it's as much as that Oculus, that game sounds epic. It sounds like you're playing Donkey Kong, but you're actually Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh dude. And, and then he, he, we downloaded, you could go on the computer and like get these free ones that people are developing. And he got this Jurassic park and I hear him screaming and I'm like, what is going on? He's like, it sucks. It's so scary. Like you walk in a room, you don't, and the velociraptor jumps out at you. Like, and I put that thing on, I get seasick from it. I get motion sickness from it. I, I, Cause I want to, I want to snowboard. I've been snowboarding my entire life. Right. And I got on that thing and I was addicted, but I was getting car sick or, or motion sickness. Oh, wow. Those things are so immersive. So crazy. But I didn't realize they connect with other people doing it. Yeah. So you can be doing it with them. And, and he's, he's up there talking and I'm like, <laughs> whatever this is it's crazy it's his friends thank goodness because we kind of draw the line there okay we're off well yeah we've done that too so we get that (laughs) so um i'm gonna ask one more i want to know about stadium drop yeah as fast as you can because i think it's such a cool concept so we literally um our founder adam had a um had a trip he got to go to the pro football hall of fame they had a the a, a camp for kids and his son was it's an invitation only his son got invited as a quarterback so went up they drove up kind of made it a summer affair on the way home they decided hey they've got a dream as a family to hit every one of the major baseball parks in the country so on the way home they're driving home and they they were like hey we can actually hit two parks um and so they go to cleveland one night and uh, and adam's up getting concessions and misses the walk-off home run that ends up being this differentiator in the game <sighs> Second night, they're in St. Louis, and um, and St. Louis, he said, he said, uh, same thing. I'm up getting concessions, and he said, I missed the craziest squeeze bunt play mm. that ended up being the differentiator in the game. And and when he got back to his seat the second night, his wife was like, "How is there in this day of modern technology? How is there not an app that we have right on our phone so that we can just place an order and have it delivered right to our seat?" Oh. You know, uh, and hello. 
Yeah. And the angels sang and they were like, well, let's create it. And um, so they get home and they start talking. They said they talked to a friend that we all know. Um, we all know who this guy is. He's a great dude. Uh, he's been a developer. He's done great things for, for several of the companies that we've all been a part of. And, and he calls his, he calls our buddy and he says, and he says, Hey, what do you think it would cost to do this? And he goes, Oh, you don't want to try to go that route. It's going to be way too expensive. And, you know, and, and so that was what he had heard. And then he and I get on the phone about a month later and, and I'm like, okay, so that's an incredible idea. What have you done with this? And he says, well, I talked to our buddy and, and I said, I already know what he told you. He told you it was going to be too expensive. And he said, well, yeah. And I go, I go, do you really believe that? And he goes, I don't think so. I go, well, then don't let him sway you. Let's get yeah. to work. You know? And I was like, what do we need to do? And or he said, well, what do you think we need to do? And I said, you know what? I've got a friend of mine that does business development. And this is what he does with companies. He takes them from small and startup to, ex, you know, to exponentially large. So we get on the phone. He says, oh my gosh, you've got a billion dollar idea on your hands. Yeah. Um, here's what you need to do X, Y, and Z. And so we're like, all right, let's get started. And, and X, Y, and Z. And we start assembling a team and, you know, and, and lo and behold, of course, that's what November of 2019 um, is, is our official launch date. We had that conversation back in October. So November is our official launch date. We work all through the, all through the, the winter and through the spring. And finally we get a, a, we get our first contract, which is a college football team, um, Oklahoma state university. Awesome. And, and, um, and they were gracious enough to, especially with COVID, it, it actually worked out in our favor wow. to be honest, because, I don't think Oklahoma State would have given us an opportunity had they had a full 85,000 capacity crowd. But they said, hey, we know that we're limited to 25% capacity. Um, and so it's the perfect opportunity to launch something like this. And, um, and so they were so gracious and let us, and let us come in and launch. Uh, and, and it launched with great success. And we, we built a couple of relationships out of that launch that, that really have helped us expand our territories as well. But we saw that, okay, if we can get one, we can get two. Yep. We can get two, we can get four. And so we're up to, I, I think we have six contracts now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then, and then we're, so we're doing some incredible things. We're at Arkansas state university, Northwestern state university in Louisiana. Um, we just signed uh, Louisiana tech, which we're super excited about. Um, and th those are all doing football. Yep. Um, and other sports as, as it goes. And then we've got, um, we've got two minor league baseball teams, one in Amarillo, one in Pensacola. And so we've been doing games for them all summer long, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and then, and then we've got two other colleges that are going to be coming on in, in basketball season. So we've got Boise state, which we're super pumped about. That'll be fun. And then we've got SMU. Um, and then hopefully next year we'll be moving into football with both of those teams as well. So we're super excited about that. And then of course the biggest thing, and, and I kind of saved the best for last year, but, um, we had an article written about us in the Denton record Chronicle in Denton, Texas. Mm -hmm. And, um, someone from legends concession legends, which is a concession company that's owned by Jerry Jones. Uh, somebody reads the article and they were like, we need to talk to these guys. Awesome. And so they reached out to us and we started conversations with them, you know, and basically they were really, I mean, really just like straightforward. They said, okay, we really like what you guys are doing. We would love to have you. What's it going to cost? Mm -hmm. You know? And we said, well, um, 
a little bit of resource, but that's it. Like we're not char- we don't charge for what we do. We want to partner with you to make your life better and make you more money. You know, that's ultimately what we're doing. And I think that's, you know, that's been the differentiator and, and it's been amazing to see what's come of that. They're super excited about us. We've got a great relationship that's developing there. We're super excited to see where that goes. They've, um, they put us in with, um, legends also does concessions for, uh, Toyota stadium. Oh, yeah. up in, um, they do concessions for AT&T stadium, um, right there in Arlington, but they also do concessions for Toyota stadium in Frisco, which is where FC Dallas plays the yeah. soccer team. And so we've been, we've been working up there a bit too. Um, they're super pleased with, with everything that they've seen so far. We're super excited about where that's going to go. And we wow. know this concessionaire company that's, you know, that if this, if this continues to stretch, it's, you know, it could stretch across the NFL, which I was going to say it, NFL and MLB hit, yes. uh, you know, basketball, like then it's, it's, it's a billion dollar business. I mean, yeah, without, yeah, without a doubt. And, and, you know, I, like the funny thing, the funny thing is, is we're going like, we, we just heard the other day that, that, um, you know, that we've got, there are people we're hearing about meetings that are happening with people that we, we would all know the minute I said their name mm-hmm. and the topic of their meetings is us. Wow. And so we're going, okay, this is really cool. It's almost pinch me. It's almost pinch me cool. You know, it's like, I can't believe this is really happening. We're 18 months in and, you know, we are in, we're in position to really get a partnership with the biggest fish in the sports entertainment pond that there is, Yeah. you know? And so we're going, oh my gosh, if, if this comes through, which we're doing our job. So, you know, we, we, unless they, unless for some reason something goes wonky, then we see it probably moving forward. We're super excited about it, about that. And so it's just been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That is so exciting. Um, So let's wrap this up. Yeah. We could probably go easily, you know, for a couple more hours, we could do the bit. So I want, I ask everybody who comes on this podcast, uh, if you could go back in time and share one piece of advice with yourself, what would that be? Gosh, you know, it's funny because I, I, I saw the question and I thought about it and I'm like, okay, what, what is that one thing? And, you know, and if I had to go back, I think the thing that I would say to myself, to my younger self would be, don't let anyone, no matter how close in relation they are to you, don't let anyone steer you away from your dream. Absolutely. Because, and, and I say, I say that because, you know, like we have my, my, I have, I have a family member that, that I love that, that really pushed me off course, um, you know, with, with, that with some things that they had said. And, and, and it's it, like, I, if I could go back and change what they said, like, can we just alter that one conversation? Yeah. Because I think that would have changed the course of my life. Cause it took me a long time to get back around again. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chad. Epic. Let's do, let's do, um, a real quick little plug for anything you want to plug. Okay. And then we'll make every, make sure all the links or everything are in the podcast notes so people could and YouTube notes and everywhere else. So if you, if you want to, if you want to find me, I've got, um, I've got a couple of things going on. Obviously stadium drop is, is, is huge. And if that sounds like something that you want at your town, Hey, go to stadiumdrop.com, check us out, send us a communique, send us a contact, some info, and we'd love to talk with you more about coming to your stadium. And so that's fun. I also, like I, I mentioned it a couple of times, I'm a financial coach. Um, and you know, it's, I'm not a, I'm not a consultant. I'm a coach. I actually walk you through, uh, some things that I've learned, um, because really my story, my story is, is, uh, you know, quickly 2016, 
um, we realized that that our business is a seven figure business. We didn't even realize we'd made that much money, but we realized our business is a seven figure business. We don't really have much to show for it that we haven't saved. You know, we've been spenders and we've loved life and it's been great, but I knew that something needed to change. And I went on a journey and discovered some financial keys that I never knew existed. And I think it's the same way for so many people that, that these financial keys, you didn't even know they existed, but they're available to you. And so now I teach and train people how to use those financial keys to, to get breakthrough in their life, to really create margin. Um, and, and so, and so what I've got is I've got, I've got what's called the kingdom Cash Flow club. Cool. And, um, and so you can find us at kingdom wealth mindset, uh, com. that should take you to our Facebook page, kingdom wealth mindset.com. Um, we really, I work with a lot of direct sales and network marketers, um, and work with a lot of faith-based, you know, faith-based entrepreneurs just to help them create that margin to really allow them to continue pursuing those things that they're most passionate about. So awesome brother. And then obviously I'm on, I'm on the face page and the Instagram and, and, uh, you can find me there at Chad Haley on IG at Chad Haley coaching on, um, on Facebook. I haven't been super active on those in the last six weeks. Well, there's a pretty good reason. <laughs> you know, I, I'm mostly on my personal page as of late. And so just because yeah. I've had a lot of life happening, but um, I'll be back on there real soon getting things, I'm getting things geared up. And I've got a, uh, I'm working with a partner right now. We've got a, uh, we're going to be doing a five day um, just financial transformation challenge that really incorporates, uh, incorporates building a, um, uh, building a real estate business that, that pays you, that's going to pay you for life. That's awesome. Um, and so, and so that's going to be coming up soon. We're hoping October for a launch is kind of what we're looking at. Um, and if it's not October, it'll probably be after the first of the year, but that's cool. There we are. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. This has been fantastic. It has been fun. Thank you, everyone. you for listening to the stories that sell podcast if you appreciated the content on the show be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week